0: Hi, I wanted to welcome you to the Divorce Planning Podcast. I'm Carrie Goldring and I'm in the mortgage business and I do planning pre-divorce for people who are either gonna refinance their home, do an equity buyout or plan to purchase a new home and make sure that everything in the divorce decree is worded properly and the numbers and the planning is taken care of so that you can go through the underwriting process smoothly and I would like to introduce you to other people who are interested in the divorce planning process so you can get a real education of what's involved. Hope you enjoy. Hi, today I am talking to Denise Cowling who is a divorce attorney and she is going to talk to us about pre-filing options. And uh, we're gonna see what we can learn from you, Denise. So I'm excited to have you. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Carrie. Thank you for the opportunity to to have a discussion about this topic. I don't think enough people are aware of the options. So I'm always um, very, very grateful for the opportunity to describe them. And I'm grateful for the work you do. Oh, thank you. Thank
0: you. So, what can, so tell us
1: what does pre-filing mean? Well, in the divorce context, I talk about a pre filing settlement as the alternative to the old fashioned divorce lawsuit. And when I say the old fashioned divorce lawsuit, that I think it's just part of our common urban, you know, dictionary language. We talk about filing for divorce. And when people talk about filing for divorce, they're typically talking about filing a lawsuit against their spouse. There are alternatives to that. And so I like to make sure my clients know before they file that there are alternatives and those alternatives may be better for the client and their spouse and for not shrinking their marital asset pool sometimes and certainly for being less stressful if uh, if they can work it out that way.
0: That's so, that's so true. And you're right. That's all you hear is filing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If someone, if someone isn't filing for divorce, do they say something different? Is there a different term to use or no? You know,
1: this is part of our cultural heritage. We talk about filing for divorce. And and right. um, in my own conversations with clients, I've learned to be really careful about that word. The question is deciding. If the individual has decided that that this marriage is over and they want a divorce, they don't have to file just because of making that decision, but there are steps they can take to see what their options are. And so I ask my clients if I am contacted before a filing has taken place, to let's 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 think about your decision. You know, I'm not here to talk them out or encourage them. I, I look; it's a very personal decision. Let's look right. at your decision. Let's look at your goals. Let's look at your needs. Let's look at your realistic budget and what option will work best for you, given who also who your spouse is and how they'll respond. And, and can we look at one of these alternatives to a lawsuit?
0: Okay, so I am contemplating divorce and I get an appointment with you to come to your office. Would that be the first step?
1: Well, yes, uh, often folks, uh, are, we have a website and, and often folks contact us through the website and they'll get a complimentary book, an ebook. And so you may or may not have received that book. If you're coming to a first consultation with me and you've received this little book, you should be aware, it's called Navigating Divorce in Michigan, um, options to know before you file. So I'm optimistic that you've at least glanced at it and I have an awareness that there are options. But assuming you're a client who's made an appointment has not received the book as a result of the sign on process and and really is 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 as most people are coming into this cold with the idea you need to file, we're gonna talk about that. And so I'm going to ask, have you and your spouse discussed this together? Or is this something that you're thinking about privately and haven't discussed with them? Because that makes a big difference.
0: You're right. That does make a big difference. And I did read that book and I loved that book. It's a quick read, but it gives you a really good understanding of all these different
1: options and what you should think about. Yeah, thank you. Well, there's a I have a book on Amazon and I think it's called Michigan Divorced Fast Tracked. And then through our our website, uh, anyone who contacts us can download a, a smaller, not exact same it's not just a subset, it's a slightly more option oriented, smaller ebook. So we have two books and the, I'm, I'm really motivated to educate anyone contemplating divorce about the alternatives to filing a lawsuit if it is not the best option for them. So I would ask in, in our hypothetical interview, mm-hmm. you and your spouse discussed this, if, if they haven't, <laughs> and, and then it's, is it because there are worries. It, it, there, there's the normal emotional worries. I'm still thinking about it in, in deciding whether to make this decision. But then in addition to those, and I'm thinking about what it might mean to my future finances. And I'm thinking about what the custody might look like. That's That's when we sometimes have a planning session. And we take the details, not just an in initial consultation, but reserve an hour, hour and a half to really look at that client's goals and what their concerns are. What are they worried about? And what is likely to happen in a typical divorce outcome with their fat pattern. Doesn't mean they can't fight against that, but what what's fair settlement range for a situation like yours if we have enough information? Um, but if the if the reason is there's physical abuse, if if there's a fear that the other party would drain financial assets, uh abscond with the children, that you know, there there's is this an issue where education and help and problem solving will help these parties sharing of views and and information and planning will help my client or is this a problem at the outset that is probably more suited for a court so we are going to make that assessment do you have the kinds of pressing issues where court intervention is needed and probably quickly or are you learning the lay of the land exploring what a divorce might look like for you and if if it hasn't been filed, what your options look like. So I need to know that lay of the land. If it's already, a, if a, if a traditional okay. divorce lawsuit has been filed, you will not have as many options.
0: That, that makes sense. And I have a lot of times, I seem to work with the non-financial. So some maybe doesn't know what they have or doesn't pay the bills or do the investments.
1: So does that matter? Matters a great deal. Um, when the the my client is evaluating whether they can use a pre-filing settlement option, obviously the less expensive and quicker options are available to folks where the client and their spouse has relative respect for each other, despite the fact that they can't stay married, and where they have relatively... Open sharing of financial information. If you have a party where the other spouse hasn't been open or they simply each handled their own, or uh, the, that was the you know you're dealing with the spouse who hasn't been is interested in those issues, just not as knowledgeable, not through lack of you know the other person keeping it a secret, but just not knowledge knowledgeable, we're going to try to find out why you have this disparity in knowledge. And if there is a pre-filing option to take care of that. So while you may not be able to fill out a form with full information and do, uh, you know, and use the quickest, easiest, least expensive process, there may be ways short of filing a lawsuit to get that information. And so we're going to discuss what your spouse's likely response is, what your spouse's motivations may be. And, and what we're going to do ab- about getting that information. It will also mean we probably can't do an effective planning session in terms of giving you a fair settlement range if you have no idea what's in your spouse's 401k, if you don't have any idea what your mortgage balance is. We need we don't need firm numbers, but, but to help someone have at least a ballpark, we need some some figures. Right, just to get,
0: yeah, to get mm-hmm. some yeah and i could tell you even from doing like a mortgage for people who are purchasing a home and they're married and they're happy and i ask someone what do you earn and how are you paid and what do you have in the bank most people don't have a good solid answer even when they're not going through divorce mm-hmm. so it makes sense that somebody wouldn't know those exact numbers but hopefully you're right they have an idea
1: Yeah. Do they have an idea? Do they have access? If we, if I, if we prepare them for, let's come back for a meeting when you give you, I'll give you a little homework. Can you bring back a couple of your pay stubs, your last year's tax return? Is there any reason last year was dramatically different than the prior few years, than maybe the last three years tax returns? Uh, if the person doesn't have access to their tax returns and their spouse keeps it under lock and key, that's probably not a sign that we're going to have a, a pre-filing <laughs> settlement. and easy. But if it's, yes, I have them, I don't pay attention, um, I, I can email them to you. I'll have my CPA email them to you. It's whether I can have, if that information is accessible, even if they are not, if my client has not particularly had a history of being really involved in it. That,
0: that makes good sense. And then what I find also from my perspective on the mortgage home part is when the couple does work together mm-hmm. and they're both concerned with their future outcome, when they do work together and don't do your typical file for divorce, everything seems to go much smoother and easier. And for as much as two people can win, it mm-hmm. seems like everybody comes out with a better outcome really for the future. It's really not pertaining to splitting up assets for now. It's more how do you continue your life after the fact, right? Or if you're sharing children or grandchildren, how do you participate in everybody's lives without coming in and being mean and nasty and holding grudges?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first of all, the world is not a better place. We, we, we cannot stop the dynamic that causes divorce. But the world is not a better place if we have half the population going through divorce and it being an acrimonious, destructive, damaging, hate-filled process. It, in some cases, we we can't stop that. But right. to the extent the parties say, look, it, we value our relationship, even if they have no children, they're grown children, so we can go to our child's wedding, so that we can be at the birth of a grandchild. Uh, we value co-parenting. We value our resources and don't want to spend tens of thousands of dollars having a lawsuit if we can, let's say they have a financial planner and this information is available and it's not, it's easily available even if one party wasn't that interested in going along. It is rational to not shrink their marital pie with all the lawsuit process if they can reasonably protect themselves and have more and have more peace and have more efficiency. So uh, yeah. it, it, it's a better option for many people. It's just not going to be the best option for everyone.
0: Right. That, that makes beautiful sense. I love the way that you described it.
1: Wow. Well,
0: I've so, had practice. <laughs> yes, you have. Okay, so someone comes to you, they're aware of their finances, they're bringing you the documents that you will want to look at
1: what happens after that. Well, it depends again what option they're going to be pursuing. So, okay. one step back would be if we're in a planning session, those documents will help me assess just in a general ballpark what would your what can you expect to receive from your house if assuming there's some equity in the, in the folks have homes or want more than one home? What does your real property holdings look like? What would your share be likely to be? How would you be likely to get it? What would the your savings accounts and your retirement accounts? What would your share be likely to be? Without knowing more, without and you know, was there inheritance? Was there premarital assets? Just to get a general ballpark of the type of case and the and and the important assets that are going to go with the client uh, are likely to go with the client and what's going to be needed done for them to receive their share if they're if they're not if they're more the financially astute. They might be thinking of it typically in terms of what was under my management. That's now going to be going half to my spouse, you know, so there's that adjustment in, in, in both language and thinking about this marital pie and how it's going to have to be carved up. Um, but it's, I often am contacted by individuals who say my spouse and I basically have a deal. Can you write okay. it up? And in their case, I still need to get that information so that we can, carve it up. But in that case, we have a set of forms we would send to the client. And and if they have an agreement, then they should be able to complete the forms that guide them through the basic terms of a judgment of divorce. And and that client would be basically telling us what they want in their judgment. And and presumably because they and their spouse have spoken about it and, and at least have what I call a kitchen table deal. They've talked about it. They know what they want to do. and so. It, the conversation about what information I need and when has a lot to do with whether the client is really needs to be walked through the process from the get-go, and but has a cooperative spouse and we can avoid the lawsuit. If we can't avoid the lawsuit, we're preparing to have the information for the file to file the lawsuit. Or if the parties are either fairly well-informed or able to exchange enough information to give me a, either their complete Settlement, you know, in plain English, it may not be complete from a lawyer's perspective, or Mm -hmm. the thumbnail sketch of what they want to do. So we can help them only fill in the gaps on the things where we know we need that information. We don't need to, you know, investigate the client, their every document. But if they are uncomfortable, and they don't know what they have, then we may need to help them make informed decisions by getting those documents.
0: Or if they have this kitchen table agreement and there's things that are missing from there, then you can get them to fill in the missing pieces or the how to divide things. like Right. A yeah. Or something like that.
1: Retirement accounts are a classic example. You know, The idea that they would maybe split every retirement account in two. two. Let me know what you want to do. And then this is where... You know, uh, they may have an idea, but it w- it's going to take a little work to do this properly. We're talking about sometimes the biggest asset that the couple have, uh, uh, if the Thank 401k, say, or retirement savings exceed their home equity. And, and there may be a piece that was earned before the marriage for one or more of the parties. And there might be all sorts of little accounts scattered all over the place. and And dividing each one in two is probably the wrong answer. They may right. think that's simpler and will keep the lawyers from doing too much work, but uh, I, I think an experienced family law attorney with a good reputation will help the client figure out how to divide equitably the marital portion of retirement accounts mm-hmm. with as in few ex- slices as possible because right. each of those divisions costs, money, transaction costs, not to the lawyer necessarily, uh, but, but fees to parties and sometimes the plans themselves to divide them. So a knowledgeable financial professional and or attorney can at least help with the, the basic overview of how you're going to make these divisions. Sometimes wow. we third party experts in complicated cases, but that doesn't mean the parties need to go to a lawsuit about it. That means we need to have um, the right expertise to get the right answer. Right. And then that's
0: like the marital home where the part where I get involved in. Let's go over that a little bit, like explaining, you know, do both people want to keep the house? Do both people want to get rid of it? Does one want to keep it? One not want to keep it? The one who
1: keeps it maybe can't afford
0: to keep it. Yes.
1: So if, if if we're talking about what I call a streamlined divorce, the parties usually have that pretty much worked out. That doesn't mean they then don't fill out the paperwork in a way I, 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 I can determine just by looking at the paperwork that this doesn't look realistic. And so I will address that with them or what is your plan or where are you going to. And it might be they have family help that it's not obvious to me. It may be realistic. They may have a cosigner that's going to work with someone like you and and make this possible. And I don't know about you know. I can't tell it from the spouses' information. Um, so one, I'm going to ask the question: if it if, if 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 I'm presented with thumbnail sketch information, and it doesn't look realistic. If the parties both want the home, we have a dispute. And, 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 and so we're going to have to talk to the client about do they want to file a lawsuit over that dispute or is it realistic that they can keep the home? Is it realistic that the other person can keep the home? Because they both might want it, um, but there are often circumstances where despite wanting it, it's not going to be financially feasible for either or sometimes both. And I'm so good. then we have to look at, do we need to have a lawsuit to determine this math problem, or is it both parties realistically could um, uh, carry the home as a single person? And if that's the case, you know, that's that's trickier. Um, but determining if one of the parties or both has a likelihood, just, again, at, at lawyer level, this isn't at your level determining if they actually qualify. But if, 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 if the circumstances look so unrealistic that the one of the parties wants to keep the home and there isn't some obvious way to, to move assets around so that they could keep the home, uh, I'm not the one to make that final decision. But I'll often enlist a certified divorce financial analyst or a, a financial advisor for the parties or the client. Uh, let's look at this. Am I, I don't know your assets in that kind of detail. Could you figure out a way using financial help to make this work? Because you certainly don't want to invest in an expensive divorce lawsuit over a hope that can't actually materialize. So we're going to try to help the client answer those questions realistically, even if it's painful, because it's even more painful to spend thousands of dollars exploring a wish that can't be fulfilled the court. Can't create the funds uh, to make a you know that type of financial deficit satisfied,
0: right? And I know sometimes
1: you'll have me talk to
0: clients, and we'll go through the numbers if they refinance to get a mortgage note out of someone's name, or possibly to add equity in that they owe the outspouse, we'll call them, and when we go over mortgage numbers. Sometimes you get the, oh, that's no problem. I can do that. And they're correct. And other times you get the, oh my God, I don't want to pay that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Why am I fighting for this asset when I don't need to? Or even in terms of, well, you could keep the home if your spousal support is X dollars or your child support is X dollars for so many years. Do you wanna put yourself in that position? Do you not wanna put yourself in that position? Do you need to go get a W-2 job? Do we need to look at tax returns because you're self-employed? And sometimes you're right, going through all that information and digging a little deeper, people make up their own decisions, but they didn't have the numbers to come up with the decision. So the idea of wanting the home or not wanting the home from an emotional standpoint Mm and then when you start talking about it from a financial standpoint sometimes people do change their mind and some people realize they can do things that they didn't think they could do
1: right right and 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 so i hesitate to make well i will try to have um, a fair settlement range based on that hour or so meeting if we're we're really at a pre-filing settlement and the client really doesn't know if they can do a a pre-filing Case or not, or, or but we're still planning either way for what they might decide to do either way. I uh, the homework of, of 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 speaking to someone like you on the mortgage end, the of speaking to a financial individual who will look at what realistically are these retirements. You know, some of them can't be transferred all in a lump sum right after right? the divorce. Th- that. Please don't make assumptions that the court can't carry out, you know, it, it, it's so often, well, can't the court do this? Well, I, I think it surprises it, folks to learn, you know, the court can't make you go into a University of Michigan retirement plan and make them change the plan to work the way you had hoped, right? That parties to the lawsuit are the two spouses and the court will render them single you know, you're asking for a divorce. You're going to go from merit. Your marital status is going to be changed and your assets are going to be divided. But it doesn't go to Ford Motor Credit and change the terms of your car loan. It doesn't go to Chase Bank and change the terms of your mortgage. And so sometimes oh, you have to work with other professionals to help the clients do the homework to have good problem solving in place so they're not having a lawsuit based on false information and false hopes and assumptions and assumptions are often our biggest enemy let's learn the mm-hmm. truth about the situation so you can make informed decisions that are based on what's realistically we're capable of, of right achieving. are my friends divorce mm-hmm. she was able to do this or he
0: was able to do that but you don't really have all facts or you may not right. have worked for the same employer with the same retirement plan or
1: right the friends divorce is is, is one piece of information that probably has been very um influential to the client their 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 um what they hear on the media sometimes uh, you know I hear about palimony and all these things celebrity concepts from other states <laughs> we have a lot of and there are urban myths my child gets to choose you know when it comes to custody and there are many common assumptions of the idea of abandonment. What is abandonment of children or of a home? You know, that those concepts can be translated very badly to the common public, Not, not that people mean ill, but they have come to have an understanding, which they believe to be a fact, that is not the way Michigan law works. And so we spend a lot of time sometimes having to deal with a firmly held belief that our client will come in not because we want to deprive them of optimism but but we want them to make a well-informed decision in their own instance their own case and that friends divorce in indiana uh uh or 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 who is married to a self-employed individual and who was able to um use opportunities that are not available say to someone who's a w-2 employee we the the here the kind of hearsay word on the street about the friend's divorce does not necessarily it's a great prompter for questions it doesn't mean that their answer is your answer by any means that's true
0: about kid abandonment and house abandonment those two
1: all the time yeah Yeah. and they're really different answers right you know really different And, 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 and so do we want people living in a powder keg? I'm not going to give the definitive answer, but a powder keg situation, if they have two residences living together, just thinking that they have to, uh, that's a time to talk to an attorney about ways to have a safe and peaceful separation, if that's possible. And if it is, uh, you know, living in misery may not be um, the best solution. It may cause more harm, trigger more harm than good. And so certainly we need to hear about the specific, of uh, specifics of the potential client's case and not just the word abandonment because it may or may not be a big issue in their case or it right. may not be the, what they are worried about the consequences being may not be the consequences that are likely to apply in their case.
0: Right. So I, I think the bottom line is to get legal information from an attorney, <laughs> right? And yeah. financial information from a financial person and mortgage information from a mortgage person. And you're never too early in collecting good information.
1: Absolutely, and and you know, uh, the internet is not a bad source of some information. So I, I, I won't say doing some homework is, is a bad idea, but what I will say is I had an instance just this morning, where uh, the the gentleman gleaned a certain conclusion that was the conclusion he wanted to glean from the internet. Remember, the internet is set up to 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 produce the information you want. Right? We I, we, we often I, not always, but it, it if if a question is asked a certain way, that it, it might produce a response that 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 is kind of suggested by the question, you know, but if you ask is- the question a completely different oh. way, you might have found out um, what's more realistic? You know, is that an option, but is it 10% likely to occur versus 90% likely to occur? And 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 so often folks come in self-educating strictly from the filter of the internet, and they might be made aware of possibilities, but they have a very, I, I think it's a very poor place to ascertain if it's realistic, if, if a, a Michigan judge in your ju- jurisdiction is likely to um, that conclusion is likely to be true. And so there's no substitute for not making assumptions. And and so the internet is no uh, substitute for the um, advice that you can provide using hard numbers based on the party's realistic situation. And the same is true of the law. And so, yes, that professional who works in your field, in your community, and in the community in which your court is located or in which your finances are regulated, that's the person to talk to.
0: Right, it's true. And then the old added, well, I need to get ready before I talk to someone is like, just talk to them. Don't Mm -hmm. get, just talk to
1: them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, a a thumbnail sketch is one thing, but honestly, too deep into it and you may be producing more and more results affirming what you want to believe and, and it doesn't make it true. And, right, and so right. it it almost makes it more difficult to to hear the truth from a well-meaning professional who wants to make sure you're apprised of that. It may not be this one outcome. It doesn't mean it's bad or it may not be the way that you believe you have determined. so please I, I would say absolutely uh, just ask, just ask have the you know consultation as early as possible. I certainly don't urge people to start the divorce process in our in my consultations, I want that to be their decision. I I have no desire to have people feel any client feel coerced by me to make a decision they are not prepared for. And and when individuals will make their own decisions later with good information, those will have those that client pool will have a much better experience of the process because they really did know what to expect. They really did know where their weak points were. They really did know where their strong points were. They really did know when their spouse claimed one thing that that wasn't really realistic or Michigan law didn't work that way. So much better than all those sleepless nights worrying about whether that's true. Please, you know, make informed decisions. And the sooner you speak to a professional, uh, the, 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 the quicker you will not be ruminating over, you know, possibly nothing. So true. So
0: anything else that you want to add before we wrap it up?
1: In the end, I'd be happy to give information about where to get our complimentary book if anyone is interested in that. But I guess the big overview, the big message I would like to send is that in my experience, right now, my caseload is at least 50%, what I call streamlined divorces, which are the simplest, uh, most efficient type of pre-filing settlements. But there are also individuals who are going to need financial help, mortgage help, retirement account help, where they're going to need some services by the hour um, in order to have a a well-informed, careful decision and then a good outcome. That can be done by way of two attorneys negotiating, the parties going into mediation before filing for a divorce lawsuit. There's a collaborative law practice. Sometimes a client will just come in and get hourly advice to help supplement their decision making that they go home and then talk to their spouse after getting better information. There is the simplest and easiest, like I said, streamlined process to, to go from A to B if, if, if one really is determined to have a divorce and the parties are relatively cooperative. But having a question, having a potential dispute does not mean you have to file a lawsuit please talk to someone about the opportunities and options to have good problem solving short of a lawsuit and then make the decision to file a lawsuit when necessary, but not, don't feel goaded into it if, if perhaps you've spoken to a professional who hasn't even addressed those other options with you.
0: I think that was great advice. Great advice. Thank you so much for your time and educating everybody. If someone wanted to get a hold of you or wanted to go to your website to get that book, how did they do that?
1: Two easy options. I'm in a law firm of Banfield Cooling, our last names, but that can be a mouthful to spell. So BanfieldCooling.com. But in addition, I have a, a, a we have a website called StreamlineDivorce.com that's easy. (laughs) Much easier to remember. And the same book is available on both websites. There's a contact us page on both websites. You'll get through to the same place. Um, It, it, we certainly have a full service law firm, but because the one service is something that has, we become well known for, we have a separate website for it, but you will get the same book and the same information, you, you know, same ultimately to the same place, either place.
0: Wonderful. Denise, again, thank you.
1: Thank you Carrie, thank you for the work you do, thank you for the opportunity to discuss this. The more folks who know that they don't have to file a lawsuit, the more folks I think will have a a, a better path forward for themselves and their family.
0: I hope you enjoyed our podcast on divorce planning. I'm Carrie Goldring and I hope you have a great day.